very simple little thought that has been uh, going through my heart and mind. As Jesus entered the city of Jerusalem one week before the cross, multitude of people were there to meet him. There's a reason why they were there, and, and we'll get into that maybe at a, at a later date. But uh, the people were crying out before him the phrase, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. The word Hosanna uh, means Lord save us or save us we pray. Uh, they were looking at the Lord Jesus Christ as their savior. Uh, these multitudes of people, um, and uh, everybody else in the city of Jerusalem is watching this transpire, uh, this huge uh, crowd of people shouting all at the same time, and they said, who is this person? And they're watching him ride down the street on the back of, of a donkey, and they said, well, this is Jesus of, of Nazareth, and, and so forth. Jesus went into the temple, and as we read with Brother Carson, he cast out the money changers who were cheating people uh, there in the temple. And uh, while this was all going on, there were some children in the temple that saw what was happening. They watched the adults out in the streets taking their garments and laying them down across the road as Jesus passed by. Uh, they were waving palm branches uh, in his honor. Uh, they, were, they were giving him the reception of an ancient king. They're crying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And the children picked up on it. We read in verse number 15, when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. Isn't that sad that some people are so messed up that they, they can see miracles and still be mad about it? They can see children excited about the things of the Lord and they're sore displeased. Um, uh, but but what, what drew my attention to this text is the fact it started with the adults and then ended up with the children. Um, I believe it was, it was Audra giving a testimony and grandparents as well about how much Hadley loves to come to church. Daddy, we go to church. Daddy, we go to church. Can I tell you why Hadley likes to come to church? It's because Rob and Audra like to come to church. And they are leading and showing her by example. Well, these scribes, these chief priests are complaining uh, about it. In verse 16, they, they thought that they were going to criticize Jesus and Jesus would tell these children to be quiet. Uh, and they said unto him, hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? He's quoting to them from Psalm chapter 8. He's saying, did, did you never read your Bible? Did you never notice that God said the most perfect praise comes from children? That's really what he was saying. The most perfect praise comes from children. Um, a few months ago on a Sunday night, uh, I'm, I'm usually home earlier than Rob and Ann and the kids because they have choir practice and so forth. Uh, but I heard them come in and uh, there was a lot of excitement going on. Evidently, Tommy had been a very good boy in church. Tommy had been a good boy during choir practice. And so Tommy was being rewarded with his very first happy meal. 
let's just go with the pulpit. I don't know what's going on. We don't want this cutting in and out. Uh, I, I, I'm not sure why it was his first, because he's, what, six years old, something like that. They're, they're just not really nice parents. Uh, but Tommy was thrilled. Um, and the toy in the Happy Meal at that time uh, was a, a, an, an Avengers character uh, called the Black Widow. Uh, and there were these little pop-up type toys, something like the little plastic toy in there. Uh, and Tommy was exciting uh, because the Black Window was his favorite character. I don't know how he come up with that, but he, he got the Black Window. And so, you know, they, they, they're all at the table and Tommy gets his Happy Meal box there. And what does a child look for first when they open the Happy Meal? They're looking for the toy. How many remember Cracker Jacks? You know, forget the other stuff. We wanted the toy, especially if it was that little magnifying glass. I used it to set things on fire. Well, Tommy's going through the, the, the Happy Meal box and, you know, the, the, the nuggets are in there and the fries are in there and the juice and all that kind of stuff. But the person working at McDonald's forgot to put the toy in. Yeah, they should be fired brought up on charges. I mean, how do you do that to a little six-year-old boy? First happy meal of his life, there's no toy. Now, I wasn't down there, but I'm, I'm hearing things take place. And I could hear the panic and the worry in Rob and Anna, because they're watching that little face as he's trying to figure out, where's my black window? And he just kind of rooting through there, not quite, it's not dawning on Tommy yet um, that, that it's not there. Now for any child, the disappointment at that moment would, would be pretty hard to take. But then you add to that, he's, he's uh, autistic and uh, he's not going to understand and a meltdown can happen pretty quick uh, and so forth. Um, and from what I understand from talking to Rob and Anna later, you could just start to see it dawn on his little face that there was no toy. Now there's a kid that loves his food. He wasn't gonna be disappointed there. He'll eat his happy meal and then go for the twins food as well. But it was the toy that had his attention. Before Tommy could get upset though, boy, Rob just had a stroke of genius. The only stroke of genius that he's ever had. Tommy is starting to figure things out and you can start to see the concern coming across his face. And Rob just really, really wisely stepped and said, look, Tommy, don't you see the box is your toy? Look, there's a picture of the black widow right there. And he pointed to it on the box. This box is your toy. You can put all your other toys in it. Uh, you can put pencils and stuff for school in it and so forth. And just like that, Tommy was the happiest kid on planet earth. Um, he didn't know that his dad was lying through his teeth. Um, Rob was just making the, the best out, out of what would have been a difficult situation. Now, I heard about the, the next day. I'm, I'm hearing a little bit, but it's when I came down the next morning uh, that I, I finally got the full story of what happened. And I'm going to be honest as, as his papa, and I know they felt the same way, uh, it was almost heartbreaking because you don't want to see a child disappointed, especially a child that's going to have a hard time understanding that somebody just forgot to put the toy in. He's not going to understand it. But, but uh, Tommy had something about him that he was more happy with the box than most kids would have been 
with the toy. Tommy slept with that box that night. He went to bed, he laid the box beside him so that when the last thing he saw was the picture of the black window on the box. I came down the next morning and Tommy ran and he grabbed his Happy Meal box. Look, Papa, Papa, I got a black window Happy Meal box. And you would have thought the kid uh, had just gotten the biggest gift in all the world. Now, while there's a, an element of, of sadness about it, it's actually a very convicting story. Here's a child that could be as happy with a Happy Meal box as, as possible and, and we can't be happy over big things. We just, we just don't seem to have that in us, do we? Um, uh, Christmas time at our house is always fun. Rob and Anna, they decorate. They'll, they'll start probably this weekend uh, putting things up and they always put the stockings up over the fireplace. And on Christmas Eve, their custom is uh, that, that Tommy and Nathan and Gwen are gonna take down their stockings and, and that's what they're gonna do Christmas Eve. Their stockings are always jam full of stuff because Rob and Anna hit up the dollar store. And that's all that's in it is junk. I mean, pure, pure junk. They get the glow sticks. There might be a popcorn ball in there, maybe a matchbox car, something like that. But it's usually pretty full. There's some other pieces of candy and stuff in there. You ought to just sit in my living room. I'll, I'll sit on the stairs. Sometimes I'll come down and sit on the couch with them, but I'm letting them have their thing. Those three kids are, are, are uh, just dumping those stockings out and they are just, they are shrill and, and screeching and happy and showing each other what they got. And they're running around the living room playing and it's all junk from the dollar store. Now, here's the amazing thing. On Christmas Day, that's where the good loot comes. That's when they're opening their presents from their uh, grandparents in, in Wisconsin and, and aunts and uncles in other states and, and mom and dad and, and papa and all that kind of stuff. And that's, that's the, the big games and the cars and the toys and the dolls and all that kind of stuff. The, the, the amazing thing is there is no difference in the excitement level of Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with those kids. They are as happy on Christmas Eve with dollar store junk as they are on Christmas Day with the expensive gifts that somebody spent a lot of money and time getting for them. There's something about children that their gratitude isn't measured in dollar signs or even in size of things. There's just something about them that is instinctively grateful. Keep your place in Matthew 21 and go back a chapter to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. In verse one, it says, at the same time came the disciples unto Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? By the way, conversation you'd never hear small children having. Which one of us is the most important? Which one of us is the, is the boss? Well, Gwen maybe. But, but most of the time, that's not the thing. But these are grown men, disciples. Uh, which one of us is gonna be, be the greatest? And Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, verily I say unto you, except ye be converted in other words, you need to change what you are. You need to change how you think. Except you be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter 
into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. As we consider the whole concept of gratitude, giving of thanks, I, I think our greatest teachers are probably the youngest people in this room because they just, they understand how to be grateful. My parents were both born in 1926. Three years after they were born, the Great Depression descended upon the entire world, uh, especially upon our country, and they were Depression-era children. I remember conversations with my parents as we were getting a little bit older, and they were talking about what life was like for them when they were small children. My father, uh, he quit uh, school at the age of 12, and went to work full-time on a farm to help pay the expenses and the bills. My grandfather on my mom's side, uh, she was the second oldest of 15 children. He was a coal miner. And uh, what little money he made in the coal mines had to be stretched out to feed and clothe 15 children. Uh, um, times were tough. Uh, you probably heard similar stories from either your parents or perhaps your grandparents, but they were depression era children. And, and they would tell us how that on Christmas day, uh, there were some years that their Christmas gift was an orange. That, that, that was it. They got an orange and they did not feel slighted. They didn't feel neglected to them. It was just the greatest thing because that, that was a luxury. That was something during that time period that you just didn't get, but on Christmas day, they got an orange. There were other years that uh, they got more than just a piece of fruit. Uh, if they got a toy, it was one toy. It was a wooden car. It was a simple little doll. It was something like that. They got one toy, but they didn't, they didn't throw it against the wall and said, that's it. Where's the rest of my stuff? Uh, they, they didn't even see life that way. They just saw that toy as the greatest thing in the world and they looked forward to their Christmas morning and opening up their gifts that were generally wrapped in butcher's paper or newspaper, something like that. They had as much excitement and anticipation as our kids do when they're going under the tree to, to find their Xbox, their PlayStation, uh, uh, you know, their iPads, their new phones and everything else that they think they have to have or they cannot be ever happy in, the, in their entire life again. There's just something about it that their gratitude was so refined and pure. There's something about the heart of a child. Now, here's the sad thing. I know that in the course of the next few years, Nate and Gwen and Tommy, they're going to grow up. And the idea of a stocking full of junk from the dollar store isn't going to do it. I, I just, I just, now maybe 16 year old Tommy will still be excited about glow sticks. He's excited about everything generally, but I, I just kind of don't see Nate and Gwen, you know, bouncing around the living room, you know, because they got a thing of silly putty, you know, from the dollar store. That'll, that'll pass. Somehow we lose something when we grow up, but it doesn't have to be that way. See, when we lose that, and gratitude doesn't flow that easily out of us, and we've lost our joy at the very simple things, 
we're gonna end up missing an awful lot of what God has for us. We're just gonna, we're gonna take it for granted. Christy, I enjoyed your testimony. You were born and raised in a Christian home. You were born and raised in a church. You were born and raised in Christian education. You know, it's easy when you're born and raised into it, just take it for granted. But she's a senior in college. She's rubbed shoulders with some students that the holidays aren't the same as they are for the Loden kids. Some of them don't even want to go home because they know what they're going to go home to. They're going to go home to drunkenness or drugs or fighting, or they're going to go home and go see dad at this house and then the next day go over to see mom at this house and, and all that kind of stuff. And um, sometimes kids that are raised, and I'm not picking on the Loden kids, it's just your testimony. I, I thought it was remarkable. It was, it was just remarkable. Just you take for granted what you have. But God is somehow giving you some insight. You, you rub shoulders with somebody. And when you came home this time, it meant something to you because you realized not all of my friends have what I have to come home to. We need to have that spirit of a little child when it comes to gratitude. You don't have to grow out of it. When uh, the year that I got sick, we're going back to 2006, 2007, um, Jason Kirkevich, some of you remember him, he, he taught a, 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 a young married couples class, a lot, of, a lot of young people, young couples in that class, and they decided they wanted to do something to sort of encourage us, especially to encourage my wife, and uh, we had bought a house the year before I got sick, and, um, and my wife was looking forward to having hardwood floors. We knew they were under the carpet, but when we pulled the old carpet up, uh, we found out that the lady that had lived there had a bunch of dogs that uh, she didn't uh, take outside when they should have gone outside. And the carpet was actually wet and it wasn't water. And uh, the dogs had watered the living room floor and it soaked through this, this uh, I think it was red oak uh, floor on, you know, that was down under the carpet and it was all black and stained and it was, it, it, it was useless. So uh, we found out after we bought the place, so we just, you know, got the carpet out, dried everything out and just put some inexpensive carpet down. But in my wife's mind, she was kind of disappointed because she was looking forward to just pretty hardwood floors. Well, Jason knew about that. And I forget where Trina and I went. We were gone for a week and Jason had already had it organized with his class. And uh, they came in while we were gone. I knew about it. I uh, gave them the key to my house and they took the entire first floor of our home. Uh, they ripped up all the carpet that we had put down. They, they got all the furniture out. They went all the way down to the uh, floorboards, got all the, the nasty red oak stuff out and they put all new hardwood flooring in our house. And again, I knew about it. Trina had no idea about it. We got home from our vacation on a Saturday afternoon. And uh, so I walked, I unlocked the door and I walked in first and, you know, I, I got to see it. I knew what was there. I didn't know it, but some of our ladies had stocked the refrigerator for Trina. They had uh, dinner waiting for us so that she wouldn't have to, uh, you know, fuss around with anything like that. I was on crutches at the time uh, and so forth. And I remember opening the door and I just stepped back so I could turn around and I could, I could watch her. How many ever saw her get excited? 
everybody in the neighborhood could hear her get excited. And she walked in and I mean, it, it was like my grandchildren on Christmas Eve with a stocking full of dollar store stuff. I mean, she was laughing. She was literally running from room to room uh, and, and so forth. I think Jason showed up. Uh, he, he just kind of wanted to, to see the look on her face and so forth. And I'm just telling you, she was, she was like a child on Christmas Day with this hardwood flooring. Now, that was a pretty big gift, though. Um, I have no idea what it cost. I'm going to guess it was expensive. I know uh, the fellas that, that, that put it down did an awful lot of work uh, and, and so forth in that. Uh, and Trina was rightfully grateful for it. But her gratitude wasn't limited to a heart, new hardwood floors. I heard the same squeal of joy one day. She was in our dining room looking out the window in the backyard and she was just all excited because there were a pair of red birds in our backyard. Trina loved cardinals and we, we had a, a couple that, that nested in our backyard for several years and she was there looking at red birds. And I mean, at first I thought somebody got hurt because it sounded like she was screaming. It was just Trina's joy coming out. She was excited over red birds to the same extent she was excited over a hardwood floor. Trina never lost the heart of a child when it came to gratitude. She could, be gratitude. she could be grateful for a big gift. She could be grateful for a little card or a little note to the exact same level. As we think about Thanksgiving, um, somebody mentioned it tonight. We, we shouldn't limit this to one day of the year or one week a year. Somehow we do, but gratitude ought to be just what we do. It ought to flow from us without any prodding, without anybody telling us to say thank you. It ought to just come out of us like little children on Christmas Day. How do we get that? I think we just stay very, very close to the Savior. Jesus loved little children and little children were drawn to him. He really was. There was just something about them. And he kept telling his disciples, see those kids, you be just like them. You, you just turn into them and you'll be great in the kingdom of heaven if you can do that. I know we've got a lot of burdens. I know for, for many in this room, it's been a tough year, but please don't let those things blind you to the fact that God's been mighty good to us. He really has, has he not? But if we're not careful, if we're not careful, we're seeing the depression and we're missing the orange. We're, we're seeing the hardships of life and we're, we're, we're missing out on the fact somebody loved, a, loved us enough to buy us a wooden toy. And I realize we live in a different day and age than my parents did, but gratitude isn't a, isn't a respecter of generations. It ought to be a part of every single one of our lives. The Bible said, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Hey, Christian, what's it take to make you happy? Hey, teenager, what's it take for you to be grateful and thankful and excited about the things of God? 
He's a good God, whether you got the big thing or you got the little thing. Learn to be thankful for all of it, just like a little child. Can we pray together?